Amen. Stand with us tonight. Boy, we're so thankful that, uh, that God's doing a work in our lives. We're not a finished product, uh, but we are a work in progress. And I'm glad He's patient. He, uh, he does not give up on us. Uh, he never throws the clay away, uh, as the song goes. Uh, but uh, he, uh, he just works and He works until He gets that vessel that He's looking for. As Caitlin, we thank you for that. Thank you, ladies, for being here. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Some of you young people, you all ought to already be ready to uh, make your way to this altar here in just a little while. Just hearing that testimony. Knowing that you've never experienced what Miss Caitlin has testified of. That's worthy of God's praise and God's thanksgiving that God's kept you from that. Uh, I got it on. I'm just going to turn it on now. Here we go. And... Uh, God's kept you from that, so it's worthy of uh, praising Him. Mark 4, and I want you to think on this thought tonight, the other side, the other side. I, I, was, I was honestly in my heart going somewhere different tonight. I just uh, I thought I was going one place, and I've just been reading for a day or so and uh, looking at uh, Third John. But uh, just, uh, just along the way, I, I knew that wasn't the right place, and the Lord led us over here to Mark 4, verse 35. And uh, it's one of those storm stories, and I really didn't want to go here tonight. I was going to stray away from, stray away from it and stay away from it uh, because, I don't know, five or six years ago, seven years ago, we just went through almost a whole series of services on storms that are in the Bible. And uh, it seemed to be a regular occurrence during that point in the life of this church, and I felt like I had exhausted every single thing I could ever say about a, the storms of life and so forth just based on the storms of the Bible. Uh, but God's led us back here tonight, and we're just going to trust Him, and, uh, and we're going to follow His leadership. So Mark 4, verse 35, and our thought tonight is the other side. It say, the Bible says this, In the same day when the eve was come, He saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Now, uh, you'll find this story in Mark 8, and you'll, or excuse me, you'll find it in Matthew 8, and you'll also find it over in Luke chapter 8, uh, and the, all these gospel writers record the same event, some adding other details that the other writer may not have added, but anyway, verse 36, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the, hinder, the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, in fact, uh, Luke says, uh, and I believe Matthew as well, that they cried twice, Master, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful, and how is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let me just add this little note right here. Today still the wind and the sea obey him. What manner of man is this? You may be seated. Randy Revis, lead us to the Lord, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. Yes. For your word. Lord, we thank you for this 
David up, God, with the word, God. I pray through Heavenly Father, Lord, that uh, there'd be no hindrance, God. Mm-hmm. God, that, uh, uh, that he would uh, give us the words you'd have us to hear here tonight. God, we thank you. We can praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I, I want to remind you tonight, and I've often said this on these messages, but I want to remind you of some of the storms in the Bible just very briefly. I want to remind you tonight that there is, if we look over in the Old Testament, there's a, a Jonah storm. We're all familiar with the storm that was in the book of Jonah. Uh, Jonah, God had given him assignment, and he ran from God, and he went down to Tarshish and down into the ship, uh, and then he, they went out, and uh, they, uh, they were about to lose the whole crew on that storm. Uh, but there's a Jonah storm, and this type of storm is the storm of our own making. Jonah could have bypassed this storm. That ship, that crew, those uh, ship members, they would have never had to went through this storm had Jonah obeyed God. And so many times in our life, or sometimes in our life, and I speak for myself when I say many times, Sometimes the storms that we endure, they're Jonah storms. They're storms that we have created and they're storms that we have uh, been the instrument in bringing that storm, that stress, that chaos, uh, that turmoil into our own lives. And then there's, the, there's a Job storm, if you will. Uh, and that was, uh, that was the storm that God initiated in heaven. Remember, he initiated this thing. I, I've spoken that so many times we won't even stop on, <coughs> excuse me, on that point. But it was much like the storm uh, that uh, Simon Peter endured when the Lord said, Simon, uh, Simon, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Uh, the Lord Jesus was the initiator and he granted uh, Satan that request. And so here is this trial, this storm, where our Savior is ever present but it seems as if he's nowhere to be found. And uh, there's another storm recorded in the Gospels where Jesus is going up on a mountain to pray and, and he takes his disciples and he sends them out to the Sea of Galilee to send them on to the other side. So they get in the boat and they begin the journey without him this time. Uh, and he is up on the mountain praying for them and they enter into this storm. And so they're in this storm where they just can't see the presence of God. It's been heaven initiated because it was needed in the life of the disciples or in the life of Job. It's been heaven initiated, but it seems as if God's nowhere around and God cannot be found. But we learn from those texts that He is. He's high on the mountain. He's interceding for us in heaven today. And then there's this storm here, this Jesus storm, where... He takes the disciples, He places them in the boat. He says, let's go to the other side. But He's with them, very present in the midst of this storm. Now, I don't know about you, but I found in recent days in my life, recent years, that it's possible to be in a complete and a total storm. And at the same time as the wind rages and the waves begin to lap and begin to fill our ships or fill our vessels, At the same time, when storm clouds roll and there's uh, no light of day but only darkness, I I found that in some of these storms, uh, even though all of that's taking place, I found that it seems as if though though, though what I see declares otherwise, deep inside of me I know there's a presence ever guiding me and ever with me. And that's the storm we find here in the book of Mark. And so... The disciples are in the ship. They go out on the Sea of Galilee. And the Bible says 
uh, literally, uh, that, uh, that there arose a great storm of wind and the waves, and they beat into the ship. Now watch this, if you will. Even Webster says uh, that a storm, uh, that it is a great wind uh, with rain, sleet, hail, or snow. Uh, and the, the writer here makes a point to us that it was not just a, a rainstorm or a spring shower, but that it was a great storm here in the Word of God. And so when we start thinking about a storm, we start to think, what, what is a storm? What is a storm? Well, listen, a storm, if you watch media, if you watch the Weather Channel, that's one of our favorite channels uh, at home. If you watch the Weather Channel, uh, you, you'll, you'll know that uh, a storm is when two fronts collide. Uh, when this low front storm happens, too, when your mic falls off your lapel. All right. Uh, when a low front, when it collides with a uh, uh, a high pressure system, uh, and, and when they meet, when these two opposing forces collide, uh, then a storm takes place. Now, listen to me. In our life, and what we see in this text here, we see that the wind uh, that well, the wind was raging, and it began to cause the waves to beat into the ship. Uh, the wind is what forces that wave action when you're out on the sea uh, or on uh, or uh, uh, on the Sea of Galilee in this instance. And so the disciples were facing the things that they could see, the waves, that they were also facing the things that they could not see. And what they were about to learn was, is that the things they could not see uh, was causing the things that they could see, uh, which was about to sink the ship, and there was about to be loss of life, ship, and crew. And so what I'm trying to tell you is this, is don't forget uh, that the reason there's storms in our life uh, so many times is not because it's been a Jonah storm, because it's been a storm of my choosing, and I've, I've created this storm. Uh, and it's not a Job storm where God's initiated it from heaven. He sent me into it because He knew I needed the test, and He knew I needed the, my character built, and He knew that on the other side of that was a greater blessing. No, this storm is caused because two opposing forces have collided and the unseen is raging and causing the seen to rage, which is filling our ship. Don't you forget that when you signed up, when you yielded your life to Jesus Christ, uh, that you entered into the realm of spiritual warfare, and you are now on one side of two forces that are continually and daily opposing each other, and if you are trying at any amount at all to live a righteous life, holy life for the Lord Jesus Christ, surrendered and sold out and just longing to love Him and adore Him and worship Him. If you're trying to do that, then you must know that there is an opposing force of hell and all the demons of hell that collides daily in your life and brings these storms into your existence. Now, the Bible says this. The Bible, I want you to remember, just put yourself in this mindset. This storm, and so the disciples were facing the unseen, the wind. And this storm, by the way, when we read the text, was very much created and, 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 um, and fueled and spurned by demonic activity. Now, we know that demons can cause, uh, can cause storms. We read that in the book of Revelation. Uh, and so uh, this, this, this storm is, is, uh, is caused by the very devils of hell himself. Maybe Satan himself thought that this could be an attempt on the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. He'd get him out on the Sea of Galilee and create this big storm and, 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 and bring him to a place where, he, uh, where, uh, where, where the ship sinks and he dies. But Satan didn't know who he was dealing with here. And so the disciples are here in this storm. 
I want to remind you something. These are not, how, what shall we say? These men were not weekend warriors on the fishing trail, Brother Andy. These men were experienced sailors. They were experienced fishermen. They knew how to handle the boat. They knew where to set the course to. They knew the Sea of Galilee, 13 miles long, 6 miles wide. They knew that like the back of their hand. They knew how to handle things when things got bad. And so I want you to notice what happens in this text. The Bible says that the ship was now full. It wasn't until it was full, Brother Bobby, uh, until they would come to the Master and they said, Master, Master, perish now, not that we perish. So what these disciples had done, as we put ourselves in the text without the text even saying so, is this right here. They had done everything they thought they knew how to do. They had done everything that they thought was best. They had expended all of their energy. They had expended all of their time. They had expended all of their knowledge. And they still come up empty and their ship become full. And then they cried for the Master. Now, are you with me? Say amen. Now, we're no different than those disciples in that ship. It's usually after the ship is full and sinking and we're perishing before we begin to cry for the Master. But this is written for our admonition tonight. That we may learn from this. They need not wait till the ship's full. And by the way, it wasn't the water on the outside that was sinking the ship. But it's when the storm that's on the outside gets on the inside. That's when the ship starts to go down. And so they had been battling this storm and battling this storm and battling this storm. I'm sure they tied down all of the, uh, the latchings. I'm sure they had disposed of whatever excess cargo they had. Maybe they got rid of nets. I don't know. They did everything they could do. Maybe they got together. Maybe they said, man, now it's time to have a meeting. We've got to share. I'm scared. What's going to happen? What should we do next? And finally... Finally, they're reminded of a master who's on the ship with them. And, and watch what happens in this text. And I want you to see this. Of course, the Bible says many things that I could speak of right here. Uh, but the Bible says that our Lord was in the ship and he was asleep and his head was on a pillow. Let me back up one if I can. This, some of the minor notes in this text. Notice that the Bible says uh, that he loaded them on a ship uh, and that there were also other little ships with them. If it was this bad on the ship that Jesus was on, if it was this bad on the ship that His presence was with, if it was this bad there, I would not want to be another little ship where Jesus is not on board. Let me just say that. If you've never been saved and born again, there's never been a time and a place where you've yielded your life to Jesus Christ, I assure you, that for the believer, the storms of life are hard enough, but if you're one of those little ships and you don't have Jesus on board, you're never going to make it. Life will swallow you and eat you up. There's no program. Hey, there's no kind of meetings. There's no kind of uh, social clubs and social organizations. There's no kind of degree programs and college. There's nothing. Listen, my friend, life will swallow you if you don't have Jesus on board. And, and, but then there's that little text, that's that little bitty part that says that 
He was asleep on the, the pillow. I don't, I don't know about you, but that's just like one of those sweet little details in Scripture for me. Why is it there? Did the Holy Spirit just drop it in there just to record the scene? No, you know how, you know how we are with our pillows. Man, I mean, I travel with mine. You know, those are hotel pillows. You can't sleep on those things. You know, those pillars. Does anybody have a pillar? Okay. So, those are hotel pillars. Man, they're not worth a thing. That's like one of those tender little things. You know, don't mess with my blankie. Don't mess with my pillow. I need this thing, and it, and it causes me to have, to have good sleep and, and sleep through the night. And so the Holy Spirit just pins this down that Jesus is in the ship. He's in the hinder part of the ship. We'll get to that in a minute. But he's asleep on the pillow. Why that? Well, why that? Because he had been ministering, uh, and he had been working, and he had been laboring, he had been walking his way to the cross, and he was tired. So he got on board, and he laid down, and he went to sleep on his little pillow. Now, that don't mean a lot to you, but here's what it means to me. Yes, he's God. Yes, he was fully God. But I'm thankful when I'm reading a story about some disciples who are going through a storm, and they've done all that they can do, and they, and they fought it as long as they can fight it, and they fought it so long that the storm on the outside got on, and because they were so helpless, they fought it, the storm on the outside got on the inside, they realized they were about to drown and die, and the Holy Spirit in this text puts a picture of our Savior in here in this text that, point, that paints us a picture of His humanity. We know that He's fully God. We're about to see that demonstrated right here. But we also know from this text, because he was asleep on a pillow, he was tired, he was worn out, he was weary, that he's also fully man. Howard Jones, that means to me that he identifies with my infirmities. He knows what it's like to be tired. He knows what it's like to be weary. He knows what it's like to be worn. He was in all points tempted like we are, yet he remained without sin. I'm glad he knows my frame. He knows I am but dust. He knows me when I'm scared. He knows me when I'm trying to do it all on my own. He knows me when I've got pride because I refuse him and try it myself. That's pride, you know, when I think I can do it and pull it together and hold it together and make it happen. Uh, but I'm glad the Spirit put in there and He was asleep on the pillow. My Savior's not only God, but my Savior was man and He knows me and where I walk in life. So, and then the Bible, listen, so, and what, the, what we see here in this, uh, in this passage of Scripture, being a disciple did not exempt him. Being a, being a disciple did not exempt these men from this storm, this great storm that they were enduring. And so what, what God does is He doesn't promise us protection from the storm, but He promises us His presence in the storm. I wonder tonight, because the way God changed my heart, if anybody here is going through a storm on the inside. It's been an external thing. The enemy's attacked, but you've let it get inside. And when the water on the outside gets on the inside, when the raging on the outside gets on the inside, that's when we begin to, we begin to perish. We, we begin to drown. Now watch what, what happens though in this text. It's interesting to notice this. So here they're in a storm, just like you're in a storm. Here they've done all they could do, just like you, just like you try. When... Listen, when are we ever going to learn? I mean, I'm 43 years 
honest, I don't know if I'm ever really going to grow up, just to be quite frank about it. I'm probably going to act this way when I'm 65, so keep me around, and you're, going to, you're really going to think I'm the most immature preacher you've ever seen. I don't know if I'm ever going to... But I want, when, am I, when are we ever going to learn that we can't do this? We know this truth. We can write it down on the, uh, the, the dry erase board in these classrooms. We know we're helpless without Him. Then why do we act like we can why do we act like that we've got it? Why do we act like, listen to me, let me tell you what, we, what, would, what should happen tonight is this. What should happen tonight is an old storm-tossed soul that's about to sink just ought to come lay in this altar tonight and just confess utter dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ for every provision, for every grace, for every waking moment, for every breath. And then we ought to ask God, God grant us this, grant us this attitude not just tonight in an invitation, but Lord, as I take a step every day through the office, as I take a step every day on the job site, as I drive down the road in my vehicle and my heart beats in my chest, let it be my attitude that Lord, I know that I live, breathe, and have my being because you've got your hand on me and I'm utterly dependent upon you. So these disciples, they're about to drown and somebody finally, they have a committee meeting and somebody says, hey, go wake him up. And the other one says, I'm not, I'm not waking him up. You wake him up. He's on his little pillar. So the other one says, I'll go. And so they go and they wake the Lord up. Now, put yourself in that situation. There, some, some, you know, get the, that joke. Uh, that uh, Sarah reminded me of coming over. I've heard it's old. It's been around. Two preachers were talking, and one of them said, uh, "One of them said, well, I know that uh, at the rapture, my church will go first. And the other said, well, how, how do you know your church is going first? He said, because the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. <laughs> so, some of you are looking like the dead in Christ tonight. And I'm still ahead, I'm still ahead of time. I mean, I'm going to be in Taco Bell by 7.30, Lord willing. Uh, there, I'd, for a little bit, if it wouldn't, wouldn't scare somebody out of their sleep, I'd have you, they, you, just, you needed your little pillar tonight. That's what you needed. I'd have you give us just a, drum, a roll of thunder on those drums. But put yourself in this situation, in all seriousness. Put yourself, the magnitude of this storm. Where are you going? It's about to get good. I mean, I'm at the best part. Come back. So... Back to the serious part of this text. You keep me when I get home. Put yourself in this situation. Just let your let your mind just live in a glorified realm for just a minute. And understand what's going this wasn't their first storm. It wasn't their first rodeo. They'd been in storms before, but this storm was different. It was about to get them. They knew they were dying. And so they run back and they wake Jesus up. And, and it's interesting from the text, if it was me, and I'm in that situation, what I really need right there, I really need Him in His Lordship to rise up from that sleep. I mean, I've got wind that's raging and I've got waves that are slapping into the ship and spilling in and I filled the ship. The ship's going down. What I really need, I, I need Him, I need Jesus in His Lordship to rise up uh, and to lord over that storm and to settle that storm and to calm that storm. And so my plea would be, as Peter, when he stepped out of the ship in that other storm, 
and went to Jesus and began to sink, he said, Lord, save me. My plea in this situation would be, Lord, Lord, wake up. We're about to perish. They didn't say that. Or my other plea would have been, save your Savior. What I really need... Has anybody here ever been in a situation where you were about to... Not, not, I'm not talking about close. I mean you were about to die. You knew. If, you, if you've ever been there, I about drowned one time. I was at the lake by myself, and I'd swam down to about 30 feet, and I'd held my breath for a long time, and I, and, and I didn't realize how deep I was, and when I turned around, I was all by myself in the middle of the lake. When I turned, when I turned around and started swimming to the surface, I couldn't even hardly see the light of day. It was so dark. Almost in this situation, almost about to die. My my plea there would have been, if not Lord, Lord, my plea would have been Savior, Savior, because what I need when the ship's going down and I'm about to die and I'm about to, I need a Savior who will rise up in His Saviorship and rescue me. That's what I want. They didn't say that. Matthew 8, Luke 8 says. And Mark says that they said, but Matthew 8 and Luke 8 says that they said, Master, not once, you know, you know the meaning from your Bible study when there's a double repetition of a name. When Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired, he was saying, oh, oh man, oh man, Simon, listen to me, you me- you're going to mess, Simon, listen to me again, I'm, I'm calling you twice. And so they run back and they say, Master, Master, what's that mean? It's teacher. Teacher. Now, here's where we're separated from the disciples. Apparently, in their committee meeting, when they knew they were dying, they knew the ship was going down, they decided to go wake Jesus up. Somebody must have spoke up and said, I think he's trying to teach us something. Let's don't miss this. Go wake them up. But we don't need Jesus as Lord to rise up. We don't need Jesus as Savior to rise up. Though He's all those things. We need Master, Master to rise up. Don't just call Him teacher one time when you go. There's something really in this storm for me. There's something really in this lesson for me. I've tried with all of my might. I've tried with all of my strength. I've done everything I can do, but I can't bring it all together. I can't get it all together. I'm about to drown. And so when you wake him up, don't just say teacher one time, but mention it twice that I'm in this for the lesson of the matter. I want to grow in this thing because I know that if he's with me, his presence is enough. So I wonder tonight what kind of storm you're in. And I would wonder tonight what... I would wonder tonight could it be that you're not just here by accident? Could it be that the waves on the outside, the trouble on the outside has become... has settled on your inside now? And if it is, I wonder through this experience, what could it be that master, master, teacher, teacher is teaching you or wanting to teach you 
or wanting you to learn. I like that old King James word, master, master. I, listen, I'm here in this King James. We're, we, we're, we're, we're in this King James Bible here. I'm, just, I'm old school. In fact, I decided the other day that I, for a while I just wanted to have, for a while, I, I still may do it, I wanted a Facebook page just to be a ministry page, to reach out, not be a slander page, a gossip page, a dirty laundry page, but to be a, a ministry page. I was kind of thinking about that yesterday, and I think I want to die. And I want everybody to say of me. He's such an old-timer, he didn't even have a Facebook page. <laughs> so I, I wonder, Master, Master, what could it be that God is teaching you while He's taking you through this storm? You should know this, that when I... When I taught college, and, and, and occasionally there would be some, I don't know what to say, or some punk come through my classes, and they thought they, they acted like it was kindergarten, and they would fail. I would fail them. I'd let them try to take the test again. If they wouldn't get out of that class, they could not register for the next class up until they had passed my test. I wonder what it is God's trying to teach you because if you don't get this now, if you don't learn this now, you'll be tested on the same thing again. In subsequent times, the storm is enlarged and the storm gets bigger until we are humbled enough to open our ears and open our heart to what master, master, teacher, teacher is trying to teach us. Now the disciples win, and I'm closing to this. Uh, Miss Martha, you or the girls, whoever, does somebody make their way to the piano to get us a hymn of invitation? And so uh, we read this text and we look at it and we see that Jesus, I, there's a, actually a whole sermon on verse 39 where the Bible says he rose. Now, listen, aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that they said, Master, Master, don't you care that we perish? And the Bible says, and he rose. Aren't you thankful that he doesn't say, wait a minute? Aren't you thankful that he doesn't say, hang on? Aren't you thankful that he doesn't, that he doesn't say, no, now's not the time. I'm not finished with my nap. Aren't you thankful that when they cried, he answered? Okay, you're not thankful for that. Is anybody thankful for that truth? I'm glad that he rose. There's a whole message in what he did. He, re he rebuked the wind. That word rebuke, it is the word that is used when he speaks to the demon in the graveyard. The demon-possessed boy in the graveyard. He is dealing with the wind that is supercharged by demonic activity. This demonic activity was intended to kill the disciples and to drown them and to kill you and to drown you. Uh, and then he, he, uh, he speaks to the waves and he says, Peace be still, literally be muzzled. And the Bible says there was a great calm. I know this life is full of storms. I know this life has times when the winds, winds rage. I, I know this life has times when we think we're just going to die in this mess that we're fighting through or fighting with. But I'm also glad that there's plenty of times when God lets there be great calm in our life. And I thank God for great calms. You ought to praise Him for those times when there's peace and when there's no trouble and when there's no strife, 
when there's no burdens on our heart and no struggles, just even little slices or moments of the day, when there's peace and great peace, praise Him for those times. And so there's a great calm. And, and we, we kind of we come to the end of the journey here. That's where we're at right now. But when we come to the end, uh, I can't help but to think back to the beginning. Because there was a little statement made by Jesus. It's in red writing in my Bible. In verse 35, as we began the story. And it's that little phrase, if you still have your Bible open in verse 35, as this, as this narrative begins, here's what Jesus says. Get in the ship. We're going to the other side. You post that on your Facebook page. When he says you're going to the other side, he means exactly that. He's going to bring you through to the other side. That means an earthquake. That means a tornado. That means a hurricane. That means a volcano. That means storms. That means trials. That means trouble. That means struggle. That means none of those things are going to take you out of here if the Master has said we're going to the other side. Don't forget that and thank Him for that tonight. So I think I'm just going to close by doing this. I think, we'll just go ahead and stand. Just go ahead and stand. Here's what I think you probably ought to do. Given your present situation, given what you're enduring right this moment, giving the level of, of storm that has got on the inside of you, I think what you ought to go ahead and do right now, because this is a faith builder. And that's what he said to them. Why are you being so of such little faith? This is a faith builder. This is what I need. This is what you need tonight. Here's what you probably ought to go ahead and do. You just ought to park yourself somewhere tonight. And you ought to go, go start, hey, let your mind go back. Take it back. And you ought to go back and you ought to think about all the other times that he took you to the other side. You ought to think about when grandma died. You ought to think about when mama died. Or you ought to think about when daddy died. You ought to think about when the doctor said cancer. You ought to think about when that child was a prodigal. You ought to think about when the church was hurt or the church was wounded. You ought to think about when you thought there'd be no tomorrow. You ought to think about, had it wrote in my Bible, you ought to think about when they were suicide. You ought to think about all of those times and be thankful tonight that God brought you to the other side during all that. And if, just if He ever brought you to the other side in some circumstance, some situation, or some storm, then what makes you think He can't bring you to the other side tonight of the storm that you're going through tonight? Go ahead and sing for us, ladies. I want you to come tonight. Preacher, that's me. The storm rages, but it's not on the outside anymore. It's got on the inside of me. But I'm thanking Him for bringing me through to the other side. You come. Come, I'm the Lord. Crossing the calm sea with Jesus, the disciples were getting concerned. The wind started violently blowing. What am I to learn in all of this, Lord? He was asleep in the stern. Won't you come? Does he not care that we perish? We are helpless and we're so afraid. But Jesus arose when they called him.
and said to them, Where really, is our your faith? Because you prayed all night. I know that you're pulled. I know that on with all of your might. Child, your cries have awoken the master. Christ have awoken the master. It hit you without any warning. The storm of your life had begun. See no hope in the distance. You're frightened with nowhere to run By now your vessel is feeling And you're thinking that you'll surely drown You've cried out for help from the Savior And you know you can't give up now Because you prayed all night Cause you've held on with all of your might Child, your cries have awoken the Master Oh, He knows your voice Lift your heads, it's time to rejoice Child, your cries have awoken the master